Happy Thursday, HF Athletic Nation. This is John Valenti, the Director of Athletics for the Harborfield Central School District, bringing you podcast number four, which is a special feature. But before I get into that, I just would like to have a, a little word with our student athletes, uh, our seniors, um, who obviously found out uh, two days ago that their spring sports uh, have been canceled as a result of the school closure and the pandemic. Uh, I can't say enough of how bad I feel. Um, when you hurt, I hurt, we all hurt. I could speak on behalf of your coaches as well. We uh, all collectively held out hope that uh, the season would be salvaged uh, at some point. And uh, after further review and looking at it from really a safety and health perspective, uh, even if we were to return to school, in the middle of May, it just was not feasible to um, guarantee all of that um, safety measures that would be in place. So uh, the decision was made clearly to cancel it. And I know that hit hard, hit us hard, hit me hard, uh, is something that uh, is crushing. And I keep on saying that uh, I kind of feel um, not only disappointed, but I'm angry that uh, this silent uh, terrorist, uh, this silent killer, uh, this uh, invisible enemy has uh, taken so much away from uh, not only human life, but uh, the things that we normally do uh, as normalcy in our lives. Uh, I just hope and I pray that you'll stay positive and continue to possibly learn uh, from this in that uh, when the chips are down and you're down for the count, uh, sometimes you either can stay there um, or you can rise and, and dust yourself off and you can uh, become better, stronger, uh, more positive, and uh, go about your life in ways um, that you never thought you would because you're able to handle the adversity and the disappointment of something like this. So I just wanted to uh, begin this podcast by extending my uh, deep uh, sympathies and actually even my apologies that this kind of did not work out, uh, certainly the way we anticipated I know you were all out there the first week in March, everything was going great, and then uh, this happened. So um, it's disappointing for us all, but I, I ask you to just stay and stay in there, stay with us. Uh, you know, we are HF family, we are HF strong, and I think uh, this will, will pass. And uh, as I said, uh, for the underclassmen that next year will be coming back, uh, you will, of course, um, have that opportunity, and it should make you even uh, stronger and more appreciative that you're able to have the privilege of playing a sport for Harbor Fields. And again, for the seniors who were looking to play their final season uh, as a senior, and that's the most memorable as you can find, uh, this, is, uh, this is definitely a wound. It'll take you a while to uh, get over that. In, in my eyes, though, you're still all champions. You're champions in life. You're champions in your character and your class. Uh, so even though a, a, a season could not be played on a field or on a court, uh, it's still, nonetheless, um, you were a success. You still will be a success. And I think you'll take all your years of being an athlete at Harbor Fields, and that'll uh, transfer to your college days. And then when you graduate uh, college, you'll, you'll be uh, a, a great contributor and a, uh, a welcomed asset to our society. So um, at this time, we're going to kind of shift gears a little bit. And uh, soon I'm going to be joined by several Harbor Fields alumni. Some, they, uh, some you may actually remember. Uh, one of them is actually uh, recently graduated. One is actually a coach here in the district. They all went to Harbor Fields, and they all have some things in common. Uh, they were uh, multiple sport athletes, and they did go on and play a sport at the collegiate level. 
and they've graduated uh, from college, and they're here today to have a roundtable discussion about um, how the process worked for them, how from the time they were recruited to speaking to the coaches, to getting to college, to uh, dealing with the workouts and the time and balancing academics with their play, uh, to uh, upon graduation, what kind of lessons did they learn for playing on the collegiate level, and we hope that this um, informal uh, talk will be helpful to any of the underclassmen or anyone younger who also aspires like they did at some point to want to play their sport um, at the collegiate level, which is really an incredible uh, feat in itself. Uh, so I want you to just um, give us a few seconds here, and uh, when we get back, we will be joined uh, by these three outstanding uh, role models uh, and uh, Harborfield proud alumni. So stay tuned. So welcome back, HF Athletic Nation, and we are joined with some very special guests that will be participating in this uh, special podcast feature, and it gives me a great honor and a privilege to have uh, four alumni join us, uh, first being uh, Coach Kerry McGinty from the graduating class of 2001. Um, also joining uh, Coach McGinty is Grace Zagaja, who was a 2017, class of 2017 graduate. Her brother, Henry, uh, was a 2012 graduate from Harborfields. And finally, Patrick Godfrey, uh, class of 2015. All of these four outstanding uh, high school athletes and role models, and they won very uh, numerous awards in high school, went off and um, continued their uh, selected sport at the collegiate level. So uh, we're going to ask them some questions and have them share some of their highlights and insights and experiences um, that they went through uh, from the time they were in high school to the time they landed in college and kind of now how athletics and the experience ha has helped shape them as adults um, and the things that they're doing now in their lives. So I welcome all four of you uh, Harbor Fields alum uh, tornado proud. Uh, welcome to this wonderful podcast. Hope everyone's doing well. Thank you, Mr. Thanks for having, having us. us. It's a pleasure. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Yeah, it's, thank you. No, the, the the pleasure is all mine. I couldn't have uh, I couldn't have asked for um, more outstanding people to you know to come on. And uh, so you know, first I just want to uh, catch up with you a little bit on what you've been up to during this kind of period of time. Um, we've had our students on the last three podcasts and. You know, they're doing some work, they're doing some distance learning, a lot of them are bored, a lot of them are learning how to cook, clean, do laundry, uh, vacuum, which is, you know, which is wonderful, uh, but they all miss trying to getting back to school. You are all in, in the adult world, um, so just, you know, how have things been going on your end? So, so Grace, I, I have to ask you, um, Grace, you know, obviously you graduated in 2017 um, and you went to the U.S. Naval Academy. And so, I, I, you know, I applaud you and I salute you for your service to our nation and, um, you know, the wonderful things that uh, you have done. 
You also were an outstanding, uh, obviously, field hockey uh, player, basketball, and obviously girls lacrosse, and you went on to the Naval Academy to play uh, girls lacrosse. Um, you, Thank you, yes. You have to be, what, what kind of feelings was it for you when you saw the USS Comfort uh, coming in from Virginia to New York uh, as an additional hospital? Um, that must have been a very proud, proud moment for you. Uh, yes, it was actually really cool um, to see that happen. During my summer trainings last summer training last year, I was down in Norfolk, and my ship that I was going on for a month down there to learn about um, being on a, like the sea life and stuff. Uh, I was actually docked right next to the USS Comfort, and oh, wow. they were saying how like they had it hadn't been in like commission for a while. I hadn't really been doing anything, but it's kind of cool to see it now, like making such an impact and helping out people up here. Yeah. So, yeah. And, it's and you know, it, it's, it's when you were just talking about, um, you know, the Navy and stuff, and I'm just mentioning, and, and the light bulb went off, that uh, you followed your big brother's footsteps. Uh, Robert um, also was a U.S. Navy uh, graduate. Um, I know he was an outstanding swimmer at Harbor Fields and, and certainly uh, set some records himself. And uh, maybe Henry or Grace, you can mention where is he stationed at right now? Yeah, so Robert, he works on a um, cargo ship as an engineer, so he's been going, um, he goes up and down the East Coast into the Gulf, delivering supplies all around the, the eastern seaboard. So right now, he's kind of quarantined at sea. Oh, wow. So he's been stuck on his ship for, I don't know, like six weeks now, and he's not able to come off just because of the crazy situation. Yeah. So he's been kind of stuck out there, but we kind of joke around. He's in one of the best places to be out on a ship, uh, you know, quarantined, yeah. making money yeah. right now. So <laughs> yeah. that's where he is. He's kind of bummed to be out there now with his family and stuff, but it's kind of a good place to be at the same time. So Sure, sure. Henry, uh, do, does uh, your sister Grace and, and brother, you're the oldest of the Zagajas, but uh, being that they're both uh, Naval Academy graduates, do you kind of get a little ribbed every so often? Like if, 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 uh, if, yeah, if, if in the football yeah. Army versus Navy, rumor has it that you root for Army. No, no, that was that was a high school thing. I grew up rooting for the army, but um, you know, once Grace went to Navy, I definitely switched my colors there. And I'm all, that would I'm not all, fly for sure. Yeah, I'm all Navy Absolutely now. So. I hear you. I hear you. And and just uh, so everybody knows, everyone knows uh, Coach McGinty. She's uh, an outstanding uh, athlete in her own right. She uh, is an English teacher. She's one of the deans at Harbor Fields High School. She coached for me uh, for many years. Um, I'm sure one day she'll return. And um, she just recently, just want a big, a big shout out. She just had a baby boy during this quarantine. Uh, we welcomed Will McGinty uh, into, the, into, the, uh, into the world. And um, so coach, how have you been making out during this time? You know, um, to say life is crazy is probably a little bit of an understatement, but I mean, we're all together, which has been awesome. Um, everyone's healthy, so I really can't complain. Um, Jack and Kate are loving being uh, big brother and sister. They don't really get, like, the um, spatial awareness situation. I've been poor baby will face all the time. Jeez. But, um, you know, like I said, we really can't complain. Matt and I are very fortunate right now. Um, it's just not how, you know, I thought this was going to be my relaxing maternity leave. This was my first child where I wasn't coaching you know, um, and running around, but, um, we're all together. It's going great. Um, so yeah, just feeling really fortunate and, um, 
talking to everyone and hoping that this ends soon. You yeah, know? yeah, from, from, from your mouth to God's ears, right? Yes, <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and, and Pat, um, how, how have you been? I, I know you have a, a great story to tell, which we'll get to in terms of uh, when you were in high school and, and uh, went to Clemson and uh, now you're working. You're, you've entered the foray into the working class. And uh, how are you making out during this? Uh, I'm doing well, so uh, so I'm working as a corporate banker at uh, Wells Fargo, and obviously pretty much every co- uh, company in the world right now needs money, so I've been staying very busy working from home, which is good. Um, day goes a lot faster. I've got a nice little uh, prison yard type setup in the backyard. <laughs> get my lifts in, uh, so my little Green Lawn neighborhood is kind of shocked to hear some of the pump-up rap and heavy metal music that <laughs> Huh. on Gene Court, but I got to do what I got to do. So yeah, everything uh, everything's going well. Just feel blessed to uh, to be healthy and to have some good time to spend with my family. Good. Are you, yeah. are you, are you catching up on uh, Mom Godfrey making the meals, or have you been taking that, uh, that, that ownership of that? <laughs> you know, I think any good man has at least a few recipes. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. you know, a couple times a week, I like to step up to the plate and, you know, cook up some you know, some good grilled chicken. I make a good, uh, good chicken cutlet. Wow, there you go. The time. So, All right. uh, I'm definitely pulling my weight, but it's nice having mom back around. <laughs> you know, I don't have to do laundry, which is yeah. a, a nice change. Oh, wow, there you go. I'm sure they're saying to you, just don't get comfortable with this, right? Exactly, exactly. I think uh, we love each other, but we are all ready to go our separate ways when this is over. (laughs) I I, I hear you. So um, I guess my question uh, at this point for all four of you is, you know, you you were all successful high school athletes, and um, at some point you decided to pursue uh, your dream of playing at the collegiate level. And we have many athletes uh, since I've been at Harbor Fields now my 18th year that have gone on to play at the collegiate level, um, whether it was Division Three, uh, Division Two, or in the Ivies, or you know, some have been fortunate enough to play at Division One level. And we all know, we all share, you all share one thing in common, that it's not easy to go from high school to college. And there's a story behind everything and everyone um, and so that's why I chose to have you all on because you all come from different perspectives and maybe different sports of what you participated in. But um, essentially, what I what I ask of you, um, you know, maybe we'll start with uh, with you, Coach McGinty, is to kind of just give a little bit of a, of a background as to you know the sports you participated in at Harbor Fields and um, what at that what at what point were you either recruited or you were interested in. And talk a little bit about that process that, you know, at two, but that was at 2001. So there wasn't a lot of the right. t- uh, technology that's now more advanced with, no, very different. you yeah. know, some of those things. But, like, how did it all work for you? Um, so growing up, I'm the oldest of three. And the biggest thing was my mom always said we had to keep busy. We weren't allowed to come home and watch TV. And um, it's kind of crazy. All three of our, all three of us, we naturally gravitated towards sports. Um, and we actually all played um Division one um, sports. I played lacrosse. My brother Sean played football, and my sister played lacrosse. And um, really, what happened was, I played soccer, basketball, and lacrosse my entire life, and I always loved it. But I was never forced to play. It was never something that um, my parents. I never really even thought about playing in college, honestly, until my junior year. We won the Long Island. Uh, we went to the Long Island Championship. We were Suffolk County champs um, for girls lacrosse. 
we played against Garden City. It didn't go too well. But um, back then, believe it or not, college coaches came to those championship games. Yeah. And that's how you got recruited. There was no travel across. Yeah. There was none of that. Um, there was none of this pay-to-play, if you will, and A-team, B-team, C-team, orange team. Um, it was basically, you know, the coaches came to playoffs. You went to some of their camps. Um, and all of a sudden, I started getting calls, and I was like, oh, this seems kind of cool. <laughs> and um, so they started calling, and um, I was looking at a few different schools. And at the time, Harbor Fields was a really small school. I graduated with less than 200 kids. Wow. Um, I think my graduating class was 172 kids. Mm. So we were playing against the smaller schools on Long Island. Um my father actually went to American, um, and he was a quarterback there. And then when American started to recruit me, it just seemed like that would be pretty awesome to go there also. So um, eventually, um, you know, I graduated from Harbor Fields being a three-season athlete, loved everything. I played for Coach Wallace, Mike Potter, who is now I share an office with. And then my coach um, was actually a teacher at Huntington, uh, Nancy Wilson. She's phenomenal, too. Yeah. And I went off and played in college. Um mm-hmm. And I loved every single second of it. But one thing which I'm sure everyone can attest to is you see that the class you start with is not the class you end with. You learn very quickly that college athletes, you know, it's not for everyone. It's very demanding. It's very rigorous. Um, and it makes you make significant life choices. You know, I could never study abroad because I was on scholarship um, and things like that. But it was honestly one of the hardest but greatest Opportunities of my life. I can honestly say that. And then when I graduated from American, we were fortunate. We won a Patriot League championship. Um, and um, I came back, and there was a lacrosse job opening at Harbor Fields. And that's where I got to meet you, John, because yeah. you weren't the athletic director when I was there. Yeah. Um, but you had my sister and my brother. That's correct. And um, I started coaching in 2006. And then I ended lacrosse. I ended, I started coaching soccer too with, Ms., with Coach Wallace. And um, unfortunately, after I had my second child, it just became a little too much for me, so I took a back seat. But um, I still love, you know, running and playing sports and everything else. And like I said, it's really been one of the best opportunities I've ever been given in life, yeah. um, how did it, even though it was hard. Yeah. Uh, coach, how did it feel coming back to the same school that you played and, and then kind of coaching with, um, in this in this case, Coach Wallace, the same coaches that... Um, coached you it, it's got to be kind of a little bit of a strange um, you know situation yeah, so like I still call coach Wallace Mr. Wallace or coach Wallace. <laughs> I can't call him Scott and he's always like Kerry call me Scott I'm like I can't do it you know um, but um, it was it's actually wild um, when I graduated college um, was it Harvard Fields were actually just coming out of austerity um, and there was really no teaching jobs on Long Island. I thought I was going to go, you know, work in the city school and kind of like change the world type of deal, like Hillary Swank, mm-hmm. you know? Um, <laughs> and um, fortunately, you know, things opened up and I did get an English job that following fall here. But it was this, I'll never forget, I remember going into the parking lot and calling my mom and being like, Mom, you're never going to believe this. <laughs> I got the coaching job and she was like, what? And then a few months later when I was coaching lacrosse, the English job opened and I interviewed and I, you know, I got hired actually late August and my mom's like, I just can't believe this happened. And, um, it was really cool because my parents who were always like my number one fans, both in high school and college, 
then they came back to Harbor Fields too because I had just missed my sister graduating. So I feel like we've been part of this Harbor Fields family for so long. Um, And then Wallace, you know, he's been around for like 30 years. So what great mentor to have. Um, He's one of my dearest friends. And like, you know, same thing with Coach Potter. I was just texting with him this morning. Um, He's like my best buddy, you know. So it's, um, it's really this awesome really dynamic relationship that's formed between the coaching staff and I'm sure Henry you feel the same way now you know like I remember Absolutely. Henry was a student and now you're like hey what's up you know like, well, you, know, you go from like really looking up and idolizing these people to becoming friends with them but still looking at them as mentors 100%. so it's this really awesome experience and this never ending learning process if you will um, so it's been like I said I feel very fortunate very blessed um, you know my husband makes fun of me he's like you like really love your job i'm like yeah i do <laughs> you know um so it's, yeah. um, it's like i said we're i'm very lucky it's everything worked out a certain way i never thought it was going to work out this way but it did well so, that's you know you're you're uh you're living proof of the old adage that um you know when you enjoy and you love your job you never work a hard day in your life and you gotta uh, have, <laughs> you gotta have that ember in, in in your uh in your soul to want to come to work every day and what better uh, way than to coach and and teach uh, young adults like you were to give back. So, and you mentioned about um, Coach Zagaja, you know, and and one of the best things that I've been able to do is being now at Harbor Fields 18 years and kind of being an old man now. I, I have now seen a lot of the student athletes that were around when I first started, and to now be able to hire a guy like Coach Zagaja to coach football and baseball in our district. And to see his growth through the time that he was an athlete and then went off and um, played football at Muhlenberg and then now, um, you know, uh, teaching in another district and then uh, coaching football and um, baseball for us is really a dream come true. Because when you when we get people who went to Harbor Fields, they understand the culture, they understand the system, they understand everything about the community because they grew up with it. And now, of course, for them to give back. So... Coach Zagaja, kind of give us a little bit of uh, walk us down memory lane to uh, what you did in high school and, and how that process worked for you. All right, sure. Thanks, Mr. Valente. Um, you know, before I go into my own experiences, um, I just want to say one thing about high school sports versus college sports. And I think, I think the other three would agree that the best memories as, as an athlete is um, is your memories as a high school athlete and what you did with your high school teams versus what you did with your college teams. Um, you know, it's the kids that you grew up with, your childhood friends that you're playing with. Um, you mean, you go to college, it's a little more business-like. Um, mm-hmm. In high school, it's a little, you know, it's more family-like, a little more camaraderie. So, you know, my best memories are, are always going to be for my high school sports memories. But, um, yeah, I guess I'll start like Miss uh, Coach McGinty did as a kid. Always was playing sports. I think I first picked up a baseball when I was like three years old. Had you know, having catches with my dad. Um, grew up playing baseball and a couple other sports. And you know, baseball was my real big sport. I was I was pretty good at it. I was a pitcher. Played a bunch of positions. Um, I didn't start football until I was in sixth grade. So it was really all baseball growing up. Um, so yeah, I got into high school. I had a really good um, ninth grade season on JV baseball, doing really well. And then I wasn't really thinking too much about playing college baseball. I mean, it was in the back of my mind. Um, and then sophomore year, of um, I played varsity football and baseball. And unfortunately for my baseball season, I tore my rotator cuff. Yeah. And that kind of 
kind of dampened things for yeah. you know my future in baseball because my arm was never never really the same again after that. Yeah. Um, and then I guess when I decided I really wanted to pursue football, even though I wasn't at the highest level, Division Three, I wasn't really recruited too much. But um, my senior year of football, we were we were good. We won a playoff game. And our, in our second game of the playoffs, we were playing Sayville, who was like a, a powerhouse dominant team. And my last ever play as a uh, high school football player, I got hurt. I got a cleat, like I went into my sternum, and that was it. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, this can't be my last play ever yeah. as a football player. So then that kind of you know, triggered me to want to, to go on to the next level. And I wasn't really recruited coming out of high school, so I kind of recruited myself. I went on college visits. I went to some schools that I thought I could play at and kind of reached out to the coaching staff there, put together a video, and I recruited myself. And then Muhlenberg and a few other schools offered me, you know, for me to play for them. And then that's kind of how I got into college football. So Yeah, it's a, it's a great story. And, and uh, you know, one thing you said, which I think was, was very poignant, is that um, you know, some people, and I know a lot of student athletes, they aspire to play at the Division One level because uh, they feel that's you know kind of where the prestige is, and and uh, that's kind of where it's at. But I think it's also important that um, you know you have to find a a college that you fit with and is comfortable with what you're looking for and where you can play. So that's that's important. Right. And then, yeah, so I played two seasons at Muhlenberg, and then um, kind of came clear to me that I wanted to be a teacher and a coach, so I transferred to SUNY Cortland, and that's kind of where my college sports career came to an end. I played intramural sports, this and that, but, you know, my official um, college sports career ended after two seasons. Yeah. Kind of lost the love for the game. I don't, I don't know, but, but, but I thought I wanted to focus on my teaching and coaching career. And that brings me to, what was it, June 2016. I literally just graduated with a student teaching, and you hired me, John, as a, as a football coach, yep. 22 years old, still doing student teaching. <laughs> and that's, that's where it all started. And, and it's an absolute honor to be able to give back to the kids. Like Miss McGinty was saying, like being colleagues with my ex-teachers and coaches, it's, it's kind of a weird experience at first, and now it's pretty normal. But, um, you know, as a coach, I use drills ideology that my coaches you know teach me when I was a player so it's awesome to be able to give back um, I've been coaching for four years now and it goes you know really fast as I'm sure it goes that fast for uh, you know the athletes too yeah uh, no it does it's it's they always say it's over in a blink right yeah so so grace um, you're you know you're our most recent grad uh, from Harbor Fields and obviously from from uh, you know college and stuff. Uh, you are a three sport athlete and and you know one thing I have noticed um, over the course of my career as the the three sport athletes is really it's it's like there's very few um, that goes on throughout most of school districts and uh, throughout each state is the, the you know it's it, very uncommon nowadays with the amount of uh, dedication that one thinks they have to put in for one sport. That's usually they play it all year round, and therefore they don't play other sports. So, kind of give us a little synopsis of you know what drove you to be a three sport athlete, and then why you chose the Naval Academy. Um. So, in growing up, 
I honestly, everything I did revolved around sports. And so I guess, like you said, some people think that it, a lot goes into one sport. I mean, of course it does. A lot of effort and time goes into one sport. But for me, I, couldn't, I wouldn't have had it any other way. I loved every sport. I had learned so much from all of my coaches. And it was kind of just like my second nature. was It was school practice, games on the weekends, traveling everywhere. Um, I, like, it was just my, the love of sports is kind of like what made, made me who I am today. I learned so much from Coach McGinty, of course. Um, Thanks, girl. even go back and run your tours <laughs> before practice and then of course there was uh Tijin and coach Lady who are awesome who at first I didn't really like I got a little frustrated with them but they obviously in the end taught me great lessons and yep. made, me, made me who I am today and then I guess so I, with my uh, experience with recruiting was a lot different than um coach McGinty's and Henry's but I started playing uh, club lacrosse over the summer. Kind of like it was kind of how everyone did it. Everyone yeah. just kind of tried out for the teams um, for the summer. So I tried out and got to play, go to tournaments, travel up and down the East Coast all during the summer for lacrosse. And then by the time I think I was a freshman, we I started receiving calls, which is crazy how early it starts. But I got a bunch of calls and went to schools, visited them overnights and stuff, met the teams, did some clinics. And then when I got the call from Navy, I was actually um, in the Outer Banks with my family. It was the summer, and I was my dad was like, um, Grace, like, the Naval Academy's interested. And I was like, come on, Dad. Like, no, I'm <laughs> going to a military school. Like, I'm, I'm going to a big, like, some, uh, like southern school, like, near the water. I'm going to have fun. Like, I'll play lacrosse, but no way. And then a few weeks later, they invited me down, and I was like, all right, fine, I'll go for the experience to compare to other schools. Yeah. And then once I went down there, I met the team, and they told me everything that the academy's about, and I was like, there is no other place that could compare to this place and that could top what this uh, team has. Those Like, the girls now, I know, obviously – uh, it's just, like, such a tight-knit unit and, it, uh, like, a real family, especially with everything that we go through together over yep. the years, just, like, being plea, being plebs and stuff. Um, it's just it's been an amazing experience. I'm really happy and grateful that I uh, chose uh, the academy over the other schools. I actually was... remember the night, Grace, you left there and you called me, and you're like, McGinty, I need to talk. And <laughs> just going on and on. She's like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think I... And I was like, okay, well, you know, it's this, this, and this. And she's like, yeah, I want it. This is it. This is it. <laughs> like, dead so, set. like, the second she got yeah. home from there, she knew, like, this is where I need to be. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, I think we all reacted in, in the kind of the same way. It's, uh, it's not, you know, a, a regular routine that a high school gets a, uh, you know, a Naval Academy, uh, you know, a, a superstar to graduate and go on to, uh, to play, you know, a sport, you know, let alone go to the U.S. Naval Academy. So, um, clearly, uh, Grace, you made Harbor Fields proud, and it sounds like all the years that you were there, um, we've followed you uh, throughout the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the number of years, and you've done an amazing job. And obviously, um, what, what at this point, Grace, are you pursuing? So I'm still at school. I'm a junior yeah. now at the academy. Um, my major is general science. Yeah. Um, and then and when I go back 
execute or service assignment, they call it now. But um, so I'm going to have to choose or put my preferences in for what I want to do once I get out. Um, so I'm not really sure what that's going to be right now. Um, I'm between going aviation and becoming a pilot. Wow. Or being, <laughs> wow. Yeah, we'll see. Um, or being a service warfare officer and going on a ship. Not really, hopefully over out in San Diego, if that is the case. Wow. But so so we'll great. See, yeah. I I I, uh, I know. You. I am sure your parents are going to listen to this, and and uh, I I just can't say enough how much respect uh, HF has for them. They've been stalwarts in the community, um, very supportive of all its, all our programs all the time, uh, and they're just uh, they should be very real proud of of uh, their three children, like I know they are. I know you guys are also involved in the guide dog uh, program, if I'm correct with that terminology. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys just have done amazing things. Um, Patrick, so, you know, you, uh, you, you had quite an interesting story. I, I, I got to know Pat in high school and, and was really one of the best football players that during my time, certainly, that came out of Harbor Fields. Um, you know, you, you, you had uh, some decisions to have to make when you were a senior and uh, clearly, I think you could look back and say you made the right ones. Um, and, you know, I was fortunate, of course, to, uh, to have the uh, privilege of going to Clemson a few years to go watch you play, actually, for the Clemson Tigers. And uh, it's been quite a, an experience. Your story is told by a lot of people. You, you know, you seem to always somehow get in front of the camera. Um, you know, they, when, when the Clemson Tigers visited the White House, somehow, some way, Patrick was able to, you know, get right by the president and, and get a, a photo there. So, Pat, just give us, uh, give us some idea here as to um, how it all worked for you. Well, uh, in regards to that camera part, um, one, of, one of the most important things in life is, is knowing who you are and where you stand. <laughs> it wasn't Deshaun Watson, so the cameras weren't going to find me. I had to find them. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, my, my story, uh, kind of, my, my recruitment process really, uh, you know, kicked off after my junior football season. Um, I was a little little bit of a late bloomer. I was on JV for two years, only a two-year varsity football guy. Um, and I had a good junior season uh, and started garnering some interest from uh, Ivy League schools and a lot of 1AA programs. So uh, it was kind of at that point, you know, I'd always had the dream of I always really wanted to play college football. It was something that uh, I was thinking about from the time that I was a little kid. Um, so once uh, that started to materialize the winter of my junior high school, I started to realize that I had a shot. Um, so I went, went to a bunch of junior days, uh, mainly in the Ivy Leagues, uh, throughout my junior year. And then that junior summer, I went and I did probably about six or seven camps around the country um, at these Ivy League schools, uh, you know, just to get a chance to compete, went to Stony Brook camp. Um, and that was really an opportunity to kind of take my game to the next level because it gave me an opportunity to play against people of uh, a similar ambition. Um, so, you know, every guy you're going up against is being recruited to an extent at that level. And it really, really got me uh, you know, sharpened and ready to roll for my senior year. Um, I was blessed to have a, a strong senior year of football uh, in high school. Um, I thought I did very well, but, you know, really from a recruiting perspective, nothing materialized the way that I wanted it to or thought that it would. Um, I think if there's anything that the people listening to this can take away, 
any kids the ambition of, of playing college sports, it's that, you know, it's not necessarily going to go according to your plan. There, there's a bigger yeah. plan out there for you. And that's one of the hardest things. That was, that was one of the hardest things for me to accept because I was really dead set for a long time on, okay, I'm going to go to one of these Ivy League schools that, that's recruiting me. And then all of a sudden I find myself my March of my senior year and uh, I thought I was going to get offers and offers never came in. And I said, okay, where do I go from here? So I kind of went back to the drawing board and I said, you know what, if, if I can't play at one of the Ivy League schools, I, I had a few uh, 1AA scholarship offers, um, but I said, you know what, my, my real dream is I want to try and give a shot at the big time and see if I'm good enough to actually do this, see if uh, you know I can live out that dream, and if not, then no regrets. So uh, yep. I went down to Clemson. I actually decided to go to Clemson sight unseen. I just uh, looked at it from Google, and that was good enough for me. So, yeah, (laughs) enrolled in Clemson, um, spoke with the coaching staff a little bit prior to getting down there. So they had a uh, semblance of an idea of who I was, um, and they basically said, hey, you know what, if if you want to come down here as a student and try out, then uh, we're happy to take a look at you. So I went to a 100-man tryout um, that lasted about 45 minutes. Walked away terrified, saying, how the heck are they going to know if I'm a good football player after 45 minutes? And uh, what do you know? They uh, they kept me. They wow. four on campus. So uh, I made the team. Uh, and it, it, was, it was a really tough process. And I think, uh, you know, all, all the people uh, on this call would definitely agree that, that college sports are not for everybody. It's a very, very difficult, time-demanding um, thing to put yourself into. Um, and it's, it's really hard. There's a lot of ups and downs. And uh, for, for about two years, I was on the roster, you know, living out my dream, really enjoying it. I think it was amazing, but at the same time, it was, it was tough because I felt like uh, I wasn't wasn't being noticed for uh, for my efforts. Yeah. Um, but you know what? You just put your head down, keep working, keep working, keep doing the right things, and uh, and they'll notice. So my, my junior year, I turned around, and uh, during fall camp, uh, they went ahead and gave me a scholarship. Yeah. Wound up getting wound up getting to play some uh, some meaningful snaps. Yeah. Uh, throughout the duration of my career, and uh, you know, won a couple national championships, and uh, really, I, I'm blessed to be able to say that I can look back on my experience as a college athlete with no regrets, and uh, I can really say that I lived out, uh, you know, all the dreams that I set for myself when I was a little kid. So for that, I'm very, very blessed. Yeah, you, you. I was going to mention you also have a distinction of of being one of the first. Um, Clemson uh, Tigers who graduated after only being at the school for two years with your your undergraduate studies because you had so many credits that you were able to carry over from Harbor Fields with your AP classes, correct? Uh, Harbor Fields really serves my junior college, actually. <laughs> exactly. I was able, yeah, I was able to bang out half of uh, my college coursework by uh, just signing up for every AP class that I could take and, and uh, you know, doing a decent job in all those exams. So, yeah, it was, it was great. I wound up, uh, wound up getting to finish up my undergrad in two years and then use my, uh, my final two years to, to bang out my MBA. And, um, you know, that's really you know, paying dividends as I go forward in my career because, you know, when you're 23, walking around with MBA, it's, you know, not the most common thing. Yeah, it's um, not too shabby. But, <laughs> really, the biggest takeaway for, for the rest of my life, uh, you know, from sports is if, if you really want something, you give it your absolute all. And, and life is really a competition. I don't care if it's football. I don't care if it's banking. I don't care if it's playing the flute. 
you got to go out there every single day and try to outwork whoever is out there trying to beat you. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I continue to try to apply the kind of stuff that I learned and that competitive spirit and, and everything that I do. And uh, I've got no doubt, you know, I'm going to continue to fail, but life's going to wind up pretty good if you, if you continually compete at everything you do in life. Yeah, so I agree, Pat. I think sports make you, in general, just they teach you how to want to be better. you never the best. You know what I mean? Exactly. You, yes. always, you can always improve at something. And that's like the same thing in life, you know, with anything it's you do. It's, yeah. never, it's never a finished product, which yeah. is really, really frustrating sometimes. But you know what? You just got to keep going to work. Yeah. Yeah. I, Pat, not, not to put you on the spot here or embarrass you, but um, you came back home here in, in the north um, with a lot of rings from Clemson. But um, I also understand the most uh, treasured and the precious thing that you brought back north was someone very dear and near to your heart, who I think will probably listen to this podcast. Are you willing to yes. just to, to just share that good news? Yes. Well, I'm very proud to share with the world that uh, the best thing that came out of Clemson for me was I met my wife. Uh, nice. so, so, yeah, I'm, I'm engaged currently. Uh, yeah, to, uh, yeah, my, my beloved uh, Abigail. And, uh, yeah, she's up here getting quickly adjusted to these 50-degree Aprils. She's never seen such a thing being from South Carolina. I think she's starting to get second thoughts uh, after I haven't been shaving and uh, haven't been using enough deodorant. But, uh, yeah, so far she still loves me. And yeah. That's a great thing. And, and Congrats to you and Abigail. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> um, Pat, just one more thing. I, I know uh, when I spoke to you, I think the first year you were there, normally Clemson doesn't recruit uh, guys from New York. And, and it's a very, obviously it's a very Southern school and most of their, their students are from down South. And, and how did you have to adjust being from Long Island, New York with an accent like Long Islanders, um, acclimating to a pretty much uh, dominant uh, South team? Yeah, you know, it really for the first month or so in Clemson felt like a study abroad. Um, <laughs> it's a completely different world down there, and they're actually a little concerned. Uh, the coaching staff at Clemson, when they took me on the team, uh, one of the first things they said to me is, you know, hey Pat, the last three guys from New York that we've recruited um, all got kicked off the team. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I said, you don't understand. I'm a Harbor Fields tornado. We're back. <laughs> so, That's awesome. So that was a hurdle for me. And then uh, on top of that, I, I was blessed to have a, a great offensive line coach, Robbie Caldwell, who's been around the game forever. But he uh, he's about 68 years old now. He's from uh, uh, northwest North Carolina. Grew up you know, in the 60s and uh, has a very, very thick southern accent. So one of the most difficult things for me was when I'm adjusting to playing at this high level, I also have to really, really focus to understand what the heck my coach is trying to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so. <laughs> so we're kind of kind of towards the end here. Um, I can go on forever, but for just for the sake of time and not taking up your time, what I'd love for you to do is, is as brief as you can be, um, what, would, what would you love to impart um, to any underclassmen? out there from anyone who's in the middle school to ninth grade to 10th grade who've been playing travel ball and you know at an early age has um had this come into their mind about ultimately playing at the collegiate level getting a scholarship if if you can share um you know some thoughts about what it is that you would want to say to them 
Uh, if you were in an, an, uh, an auditorium with 300 young underclassmen athletes uh, about what you went through, what would it be that you would want to say to them? I think one thing most importantly is play the sport because you love the sport. Um, I find that the kids that are playing sports because they want a scholarship or they need to play, like, you're not playing for those reasons. It's because you won't last. You know what I mean? After playing for four years, like I said, the freshman class you come in with isn't going to be the same class you end with. And it's the love of the sport and the desire to get better is what's going to keep you there. Um, if you're just playing because you think it's what you're supposed to do and this, that, and the other thing, you're not going to be successful. Um, and I also think, like Pat touched upon and Henry and everyone else, it's, there's no set plan. When it comes to college sports, um, you kind of have to roll with it and adapt and keep learning and keep driving yourself to get better if you want to be successful and finish it out. Yep. Thanks, thanks, yeah. Coach McGinty. So, so for me, you just gotta you gotta sacrifice a little bit. Yeah. Um, there's a ton of athletes across the country that want to play college sports. So if there's a 6 a.m. workout, you know, when your alarm goes off, don't put snooze. You know, get out of bed and go to work. Um, you got to outwork everybody. You got to sacrifice. You got to work harder than the people. And yeah, that's all I got to say. Just you know, work hard. So. Yep. Yeah. Um, I agree a lot with Coach McGinty and Henry when they said it's a lot of work and stuff. Um, I would also say, and with especially playing for the love of the game, um, but also cherish the moments that you have in high school. Yeah. They don't last forever, and I look back all the time at my teammates and all the memories we've made on the field together and at practice and stuff. And also, um, but for me, I think that it was definitely worth it, or it is right now, it's worth it with the family and relationships I've made at um, Navy. The team is amazing, and it's definitely worth all of those extra lists and sacrifices, not having a spring break not being able to go away and park with your friends and stuff, it's definitely worth it and it's worth a shot for sure and definitely, but keep in mind, there's a lot and a lot of hard work. Yeah. And don't pick just one sport to play in high school. If you love them all, do them all. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You'll get burned out if you go yeah. Um, my advice to any kids coming out who are, you know, looking to play a college sport, just be aim high. Um, find your water level. Try and be the best you can possibly be so you can walk away someday with no regrets. Um, in my opinion, the only limiting factor out there is how hard you're willing to work. Um, if you're willing to be the hardest worker in the room, 99% of programs in any given sport around America are going to be very, very happy to have you, regardless of your capabilities. Mm. So I would just say go out there, continue to be the hardest worker, and don't listen to people because people, I'm, sh I'm sure everybody on this call right now has heard you're not good enough to do that when, when you know, airing out their goals and ambitions. But you know what? Listen to yourselves and, and shoot for the moon, and, and you're never going to regret doing that. Yeah, that's great sound advice, and, and coming from all four of you, it's, it's, you know, whoever listens to this, you should listen very carefully, because, you know, the, the difference between somebody who um, talks to you about what the college experience could be like is a lot different from people like uh, these four professionals that are telling you what it was like. Um, my last question to all of you is, you know, it, it takes, uh, takes a village, as they say. And I, I know you look back at your days of Harbor Fields. You remember your great teachers, your great coaches. 
um, and all the people that sacrifice their time, energy, and commitment to you. Um, I guess my question is, as, as you've uh, been on this journey of success, and I'm sure you've all had your highs and lows, who has been your greatest influence in your life, um, and how has it affected your decisions so far in your life? Hands down, my parents. Um, I can say that. Um, they're still, like, you know, I've just had my third child, and they're, like, the first people I call for anything. But my parents were always very realistic, um, and they never, ever, the three kids that went through Harbor Fields called a coach about anything. And if they did have a different view on what a coach did, we never knew about it. Um, so I think that was always very, like, stabilizing for me in the sense that, what the coach said, I did. And if they said run faster, you ran faster. And you really let them coach you and teach you. Um, and I think that having people that support you and care about you, but also keep it real, just really helps you become the best version of yourself. Mm, thanks, Coach. That's that's great insight. Yep. Um, I would also have to say my parents, not to repeat what Coach McGinty said. No, please be but, honest. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, as an athlete, I would never have been where I was without, especially my dad. You know, when I was a kid, uh, one of my favorite Christmas presents ever was uh, he bought and built a batting cage, which he put on my side yard. <laughs> he used to throw, you know, 100 pitches to me till his arm, you know, was going to fall off. So, you know, without my dad and my mom, you know, pushing me and, like, giving me the means to being successful as a kid, I would have never been a collegiate athlete or a successful high school athlete. Yep. At least I don't. I don't know if, if I would have been. So, you know, huge thanks to, to my parents for helping me along the way with yeah. all that. Yeah. For me, this is kind of a tough one. Looking back, I mean, of course, my parents are amazing, like Henry said. But I guess I don't want to sound cliche, but um, just because McGinty's on this call, but <laughs> I would have to say that Coach McGinty and Coach Mary. And also Coach Levy really had taught me so much, and especially McGinty believing in me as a, like a little freshman coming up from um, the middle school. She put me out there, started me, and gave me the confidence and had always pushed me harder and harder and just believed in me from day one. And then with Coach Levy, he really taught me grit. And I was like, I can't dribble. I'm not good at shooting. Like, I, I'm not that good at basketball. Like, I was always kind of down on myself when it came to that. And he said, just be good at what you can do and what you're good at. And that was playing defense and rebounding. And he was just like, get in, just play with heart and grit all the time and you will be successful. And that has taught me a lot and, uh, put, like, put me on a long, uh, put me where I am today. And I'm so grateful for that. Uh, for, for me, I would just say, uh, first off, it's really hard to pinpoint one person. It, t it takes an army to be successful in life uh, of a support system. So first, I have to shout out Mr. Valenti. He's been fantastic for my <laughs> development. Amen. But as well, uh, Potter. Thank you, Patrick. Martin, of course, of course. Uh, Coach Page was fantastic for me. The late Brian Connors, uh, an angel watching down on me every day. And he was big in my, my football development. But really more so than anybody, I, I have to give a lot of credit to my dad. Um, my dad is a high school lacrosse and football coach. And uh, for me, really was an, an advantage uh, at every level going through sports. Um, I remember pretty much every Sunday morning uh, throughout all of high school during the fall, my dad and I would wake up, you know, go to church and then immediately come home, sit down and break down film, play by play by play, 
effort by effort by effort. And my dad really just, uh, you know, he taught me what, what it meant to be a, a hardworking player. Um, and, you know, really just gave me little clues and insight that would help me to take my game to the next level. Not, not even to mention all the travel and uh, the hard work that he put in for my recruitment process. So got to give a big, big thanks to him. And he's always been incredible for me. But, you know, there's more people than I could even mention that have, have helped me get to, you know, everything that I've done. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm lucky because I get, I get the credit. But really, uh, you know, I've been helped tremendously by so many fantastic people within this community. We're, we're all very blessed to grow up here. Yeah, I, I, I can't thank you all enough. And, you know, I'm fortunate to have kind of the last word here. And I, I'm listening to this for the last 50 minutes. And, and I, I feel like this, this like sense of pride, almost like the Papa Bear, that in a way um, I've been around during my, my time here in Harbor Fields. I've gotten to know all of you. I've been able to hire, uh, you know, several of you for coaching positions. I've, I've been uh, fortunate enough to watch um, all of your games and be there and, and see your journey from the time you were in school to now your adults and your successful adults, your, your mothers, um, and you're a parent and all the great things that you have done. And when we, you know, we talk about the HF family and, and it's really true and you epitomize that. You, you went through a great school system with a very supporting community that really um, values education. Um, and understands the priorities when we call you student athletes. There's a reason why we do that, and you all um, should be commended. And, and I just feel really blessed, and I, I thank you all not only for joining this podcast. It was actually fun, and I know we could talk for two hours here, but um, just for the fact that you're great people, and the world needs great people, and you're all making a difference. You've all had some major impacts on your teammates, uh, your athletes, your students, um, your classmates, uh, you should all be very proud of everything that you've done. And it's, it's really just been an honor and a privilege to have had this conversation with you. And I just continue, wish you uh, continued health, happiness, love, and, and make sure that uh, you continue to pay it forward. Uh, that's what life's about. We were all blessed in some way. And there's always times when we got to take a step back and say, you know what, they're a lot less fortunate, but that's the time when we got to pay it forward. And everyone on this uh, podcast has been able to do that. So uh, best of continued health and happiness to all of you. And um, thank you again for joining this podcast. You, you are HF strong. You are HF family in every way. So thank you so Thanks, much. John. Thank you, Ms. Thank you, Mr. 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 <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you. Right, bye, Thank guys. you so Keep much. Bye. Yeah. Bye bye. Miss you, Gracie. <laughs> <laughs>
uh, Grace Agaja, his sister, who attended the U.S. Naval Academy, uh, representing the class of 2017. Uh, Patrick Godfrey, the class graduate of class of 2015, a stellar uh, football career at uh, the nationally uh, national champions, Clemson Tigers, and uh, coach and Miss McGinty from Harbor Fields High School, great English teacher and dean uh, from the class of 2001 for sharing their insights and stories. Uh, and also some advice uh, that they can provide to our younger student athletes on what the college uh, process is all about. And uh, they, I thank them for their sincere, bottom of the heart uh, discussion. Uh, it's not easy to uh, continue a sport on the collegiate level, but if you follow their path, uh, just like this song said, they are champions um, and they all have great experiences to be able to talk about it. So this wraps up uh, this podcast, a special feature. I again thank everyone for listening and taking the time. Uh, continue to keep positive, stay strong, HF. Uh, this right now, this pandemic and this time period, we will get by. We will be stronger. We will emerge better, more powerful. Uh, the sky is the limit for what's going to happen um, when this uh, virus has been defeated. So uh, stay great and uh, have a great night. And we'll see you next week for our next podcast.